This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, while Superman searches the barren wastes of the moon for Poco, Jimmy Olsen and Professor Twiddle have been lulled into deep and sudden sleep by some mysterious force. We'll learn more about it in a moment, but right now, here's our good friend, Dan McCullough. You know, gang, one of the exciting things about collecting those swell comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep is that you already know the characters. You've been following their doings in the funny papers for ages. So when you get a button with Orphan Annie's picture on it, for example, well, it's kind of like meeting up with an old friend. And uh, Smitty reminds you of all the funny things that happened to him in the office where he works. And Superman makes you think of the wonderful adventures he's had, saving people from danger and fighting against criminals. It's the same with all 18 of these comic strip characters. And that's one reason why you won't want to miss out on a single one. Another reason is the fun of trading duplicates with your pals and wearing these smart-looking buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. It's about time now that you should be pretty near to having your collection complete, so you'll want to get busy. Ask Mom to get you a good supply of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, because that's the only way you can get these pet comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but there's an exclusive prize in every package of P.E.P. Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Superman left Professor Twiddle's disabled radar rocket and went soaring over the high, bleak mountains of the moon searching for the missing Poco, Jimmy Olsen and the Professor waited in the rocket, hoping against hope that Poco had not been captured and done away with by one of the giant moon birds. They were discussing the fat little rhymester's mysterious disappearance, when suddenly they heard a strange scratching. A moment later, a peculiar pungent odor filled the rocket, and before Jimmy or the professor could move, their eyes became drowsy, their heads nodded, and they dropped off into what resembled a dream sleep. And no sooner had they fallen asleep than the strange scratching started again. Meanwhile, unsuccessful in his search for Poco, Superman, returning to the rocket, becomes aware at some distance that Jimmy and Professor Twiddle are slumped on the floor of the weird spaceship. Great Scott, what happened to Jimmy and the Professor? They're on cut. Down to the rocket. Down! Jim. Jim, what happened here? Oh, he's out cold. So's the Professor. 
You and your odor in here. I better get them outside. Up with them. That's better. Now, Jim. Wake up, Jim. How? By who? Wake up, Jim. Oh, yeah, 10 or 15 minutes, I don't understand it. All right, Jim, come on, now, wake up, wake up. I know. Wake up, Jim, wake up. Oh, Superman. That's right. What happened, Jim? The, the professor. He's right here beside you. Oh. He hasn't come through yet. Yes, my dear. All right, come on, wake up, Professor. You're all right. Poco. What's the Poco? Superman, did you find Poco? Is he alive? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it easy now. He's just mumbling. But, but what about Poco? Where is he? I don't know, Jim. I couldn't find him. Oh, golly. Yes, I did. Where am I? Where you were ten minutes ago. On the moon. On the moon? Heavenly days, what am I doing on the moon? That's what I'd like to know. Snap out of it, Professor. You were asleep. Asleep? Asleep? Look my head now, I remember. We both fell asleep, didn't we? Both at the same time? Yes, I smelled something funny in the rock. Oh, no, no, no. First, there was a strange little scratching sound. Oh, that's right. Then Wait a minute. What do you mean by a scratching sound? Oh, I'll tell him, Professor. You get too excited. Excited? Excited? Who's excited? Why, I'm pure as a cucumber. Yes, you certainly are. Now, let's get back to that scratching noise. Where did it come from, Jim? Well, I don't know. It It only lasted for a few seconds. Then I got that funny odor. So did I. And the next thing I knew, I, I couldn't keep my eyes open. Neither could I. And then I guess I fell asleep. And so did I. Neither of us fell asleep. You were drugged. Yes, my dear. Drugged? Well, how could we be? No one came near us. We were all alone. That peculiar odor. Must have been a gas. A gas. And hypnotic gas. Very likely. But, but where did it come from? That's what we've got to find out. In fact, it may give us a clue. Poco's disappearance. You mean Poco turning the gas? Oh, of course not, Jim. Then, then I don't know what you mean. Well, let's take a look inside the rocket before we do any more speculating. Will you wait here a minute? I'll see whether the odor's gone. All clear. Come on. Go ahead, Professor. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Now, where were you two when all this happened? Oh, we were sitting right over there. I was on the left and the professor was on the right. I believe it was like this. No, it wasn't. I'm sorry, young man. Never mind, I... never mind. It's not important. Oh, what this is. What? See these tiny holes drilled in the bottom of the rocket where you were sitting? Yes, my dear. What are they? Evidently, the gas came up through these holes. That doesn't quite make sense. There's nothing under the rocket. The rocket is nothing on the surface of the moon. Therefore, the gas couldn't have come up through those holes. Two plus two makes four. This? Good heavens, doesn't it? We'll discuss that later. Right now, we're trying to find out why you were put to sleep. What happened to Boko? Oh, wait a minute. We'll wait. We're not going anywhere. It just occurred to me. What did you? Oh, those little moon creatures with their corkscrew noses. They could have made those holes. You mean boring up through the surface of the moon under the rocket? That's right. Look, my beard, he's right. Professor, hasn't that beard of yours had enough blessing for one day? Look, my... Uh, uh, why, uh, yes, I suppose it has. The only trouble is I can't understand why those little moon creatures would do a thing like that. They were friendly before. You say they live under the surface of the moon? Well, that's what we think. We saw them come up out of the ground and then go down again. It isn't ground, young man. It's meteoric dust, packed down solidly. Oh, maybe that's the trouble. What trouble? Uh, maybe that's why I can't see through it. Golly, I forgot about that. With your X-ray vision, you ought to be able to see way down deep where they live. But I can't. And it's probably because the meteoric dust contains a large amount of lead, or some metal similar to lead. Would you know, Professor? Meteoric dust is composed of silicate, carbonate, manganate, nitrate, methylate. It is, eh? Well, that's enough. What about lead? Oh, perhaps, in various forms. That would explain it. My X-ray vision can't penetrate. Oh, gosh, what a rotten break. Well, at any rate, we've got a clue. Now, tell me, where was Poco sitting when you left him to meet me? Oh, over there, I think. Yes, right over there. Let's take a look at the spot. Oh, oh what's this? What's what? Look, a big hole was cut out of the bottom of the rocket just where you say Poco was sitting. A hole about four feet wide. Hole? I don't see any hole. No, neither do I. Oh, the piece of metal that was cut out was replaced. Fit it back in again. Here, I'll cut it out. 
Well, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! But with exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice, who today, with Jimmy Olsen and Professor Twiddle, is about to explore the curious underground home of the moon creature. We'll take you to the scene in a moment, but right now, here's a word from your announcer, Dan McCullough. The race is on, gang. The fellows and girls in our neighborhood are as busy as can be these days trying to see who'll be the first to get all 18 of those swell comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet. Everywhere I go, I see jackets and dresses and caps with pet cup buttons pinned on them. I see groups of kids in the schoolyard swapping duplicates and comparing notes on how many pet comic buttons everybody's collected. And I see a lot of thrilling excitement at our house when it's time to open a new package of pets. You know, that's the prize package that brings you these swell comic buttons. And they're real humdingers, colorful to the life pictures of your favorite funny paper characters like Winnie Winkle and Moon Mullins and Superman and Hulk. And you know the best part is, these pet comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't have to send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. These comic buttons come only as exclusive prizes in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. So keep working on your collection, gang, because there'll be something new and exciting pretty soon. Get your prizes from P.E.T. Pet, the sunshine cereal, made by Kellogg, the greatest name in cereal. Now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that Poco, the little fat man who talks in rhyme, was abducted by the strange dwarf moon creatures, who seemed to be half human and half monkey, with long tails and secure corkscrew appendages instead of noses, Superman, Jimmy Olsen, and Professor Timothy T. Twiddle practically gave up hope of ever seeing him again. It was evident that Coco had been carried down a deep shaft far below the surface of the moon, where the curious creatures lived. Unable to make use of his X-ray vision, due to the fact that the hard-packed meteoric dust of which the moon is composed contained a high proportion of a metal similar to lead, the one substance through which X-rays cannot penetrate, Superman was silent. However, in our last episode, as you recall, he decided to descend the deep shaft with Jimmy and Professor Twiddle in the hope of somehow tracing the missing Coco. As we continue now, our three friends are in a thick, dark, winding tunnel at the bottom of the shaft. With the young reporter clinging to one corner of his red tape and Professor Twiddle to the other, the man of steel moves forward cautiously, step by step. 
Well, I'll write that there. Oh, I am. How about you? Just my dear, the two dollars I can't see my face in front of my nose. Maybe that's a good thing. A good thing? You wouldn't look so pretty with your face in front of your nose. I don't see why. Everyone has... <laughs> but my dear, you're right. I don't know how you can make jokes with all of us in danger like this. I'm not in danger, Jim. As far as I can see, the tunnel is empty. It is? Yes, but the trouble is I can't see far enough. Twist and turn like a snake. Relax, Professor. Relax. That's the tunnel twists and turns like a snake. Oh, you frighten the wits out of me. Snakes are the one thing I fear. They terrify me. Yes, indeed. Positively terrifying. I'm surprised at you. Don't you know that snakes are harmless? Yes, yes, of course. It means I'd rather not discuss it with a superman. Yes, Jim. How far do you think this tunnel goes? No, darling. Maybe part of a huge underground labyrinth. Part of a what? Labyrinth. Labyrinth. A complicated series of passages from the Greek. Labyrinth. You, you think there's more than one tunnel? And it all depends on how many of those moon creatures there are. Oh, what up in there? What's the name? Oh. What? I don't know. Can't breathe a little feet. Do they have feet? I don't remember. Do you, Professor? But they must have feet. A little bit of feet. They don't. Oh, good heavens, don't you laugh? Don't hear it, Superman? No. Anymore. Well, come on. Uh, oh, golly. If we don't get so twisted up down here, we can't find our way out. Oh, that's my dear. That's not the Don't worry. Worst comes to worst, all we have to do is go straight up, and eventually we'll reach the surface of the moon. You don't seem to forget we're not equipped with those cross through appendages. You seem to forget I'm Superman. Oh, I hope we Don't get absent minded again. This is no place to get absent minded. I should like to remind you, young man, about that. Easy. Easy what? Take it easy. Keep your voice down. I'll be able to hear anything if you shout. It's a terrific echo in this tunnel. I'm sorry. I'm terribly sorry. It's all right. Just try to remember. Yes, this is good. Jim. Yes? How many of the moon creatures did you see? Gosh, I don't know. I didn't count them. I should say... I should say there were about this. They all look alike. Identical. Identical to the last thing. Well, you can't be sure of that. We only saw them for a couple of minutes before those birds scared them away. Take my word for it. I examined them closely from a uh, scientific point of view. You say they were friendly? Golly, yes. They swarmed all over. Oh, God, like, like little dogs. All they wanted was to be petted. Just talk to they? No, they, they made sort of a chuck chuck sound. Almost like chickens. That's the very good description. Except they didn't lay eggs. No, of course not. But chickens lay eggs, don't they? All right, all right. Skip it. Skip it? Skip what? Skip everything. Oh. Hey. Hey, Professor, what are you doing? You said to skip everything. I'm skipping. Oh, murder. Don't take him literally, Professor. Walk. Don't skip. Very well. Matter of fact, don't even walk now. Hold up. Did you, did you hear something again? Yeah. It's like the gurgling of water. Oops. I can hear it, but I can't see it. It's a sharp left turn in the tunnel just ahead. Oh, golly. I hope it is water. I haven't had a drink since we left Metropolis. There's only one way to find out. Come on. Water. It's very sort of it makes my throat dry. If we do find water, I'll drink and drink and Oh, oh Professor, please. Hey. Hear it now? Oh, stop a minute. Yes. Yes, it is water. A subterranean river. Oh, lead us to it, Superman. Hurry. Careful. Stop, let's turn. Uh, no. That's my idea. What happened? Well, the professor walked into the oh, tunnel wall. Professor, I warned you. No harm done, no harm done. Uh, let's go. Can you see the water yet, Superman? Yes, I can. I'm not so sure it's water. It looks black. Like ink. Uh, oh, good. I can do my fountain pen. Oh, who cares about your fountain pen? We're dying of thirst. Bless my beard, are we? You know, right at the edge of the street. 
Is it water? Just a minute. I'll see. Well, it's cold and it's wet. Well, can I can I take a drink? I don't know. It looks black. What do you say, Professor? Ever hear of black water? Yes, I did know. I said it's hard water, soft water, heavy water, and alluvial water. What's alluvial water? What does it run through sand or earth? That's what this must be, except that it's running through meteoric dust. All I want to know is, can I take a drink? Passing out, listening to that gurgle. My tongue feels like a dry sponge. Now, wait a minute. I'll take this. Well? Huh? Tastes all right. Sally, let me at it. Let me at it. Easy, easy, one at a time. So I kneel down. Oh, boy. All right, wait a minute. Brace yourself and lean over. No, 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 wait. Let's give it a stretch out on your stomach, and then we Diving into the cold black river, Superman strikes out in the direction of Jimmy's fading cries for help. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Falling into the strange black underground river, Jimmy was swiftly carried away by the current. Warning Professor Twiddle not to move, Superman dove in after the boy reported. As we continue now, the Man of Steel has just returned empty-handed. I, I couldn't find it, Professor. Couldn't find it? Every day. I don't understand it. I followed that river for almost a mile. That's so good. I'll give you. Oh, this is his death. He couldn't have been swept down that far. He couldn't have. There's only one explanation. The poor boy drowned. No, no, no. I searched the water carefully. Then, then what happened? I don't know. I've never been so confused and uncertain in all my life. You heard him crying for help when I dove in, didn't you? Yes. Yes, of course. It only took me a minute or so, even less, to swim almost a mile. The current isn't that bad. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, why did I ever attempt this trip to the moon? Why, I ask you, why? Too late to worry about that. We've got to find Jimmy. We've got to find him even if we have to. Is something wrong? I thought I heard Yeah, I did. Listen. Look, yes, I did. Someone's calling you. Someone? It's Jimmy. Where are you, Jim? Oh, oh my word. He's calling me, too. Jim, where are you? Oh, evidently he can't hear you. Strange as we can hear him. Oh, this whole set of strange. I can't hear him, but I... I, 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 I can hear him, but I can't see him. There's this meteoric dust is like a wall of lead. Jim, where are you? Can you hear me? No reply. No reply, but... Superman and Professor Twiddle. What are they? And have they anything to do with the strange and sudden disappearance of the young reporter? Gang, this is just the beginning of Superman's exciting adventure in the mysterious underground city of the moon. So don't miss a single episode. It's packed with thrills and it's different from anything you've ever heard before. So be sure to tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman.
Cows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Today, in the underground caverns believed to be the home of the moon creatures, Superman and Professor Quiddle are amazed to see hundreds of yellow eyes winking at them in the inky darkness. We'll join the Man of Steel in a moment, but right now, let's stand by for a word from Dan McCullough. You know, gang, around our neighborhood, the kids are really turning on the steam these days. They're racing like anything to see who'll be the first to collect all 18 comic books. You know, the swell prizes all the gang's collecting from packages of Kellogg's. Of course, I don't know yet who that fellow or girl will be, but I do know someone's going to be mighty proud to sport all those pet comic buttons on his jacket or or cap. There's a doggone smart looking, real lifelike pictures of your favorite comic strip characters done up in full com- comic strip colors, too, on steaming white enameled metal buttons that you'll have and wear for a long time. And think of the fun you'll have rounding out your collection and swapping duplicates with your pals. There'll be lots more fun, too, because I'm going to have some exciting news for you pretty soon, so don't miss out. Better remind Mom to get you some more of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet, because that's the only way you can finish up your collection of these exciting comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But there's an exclusive prize, a bright-colored comic button in every package of P-E-P Pet, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When Poco, the little fat man who speaks in rhyme, mysteriously disappeared from the radar rocket, Superman, Jimmy Olsen, and Professor Timothy Twiddle descended a deep shaft that led to a dark, twisting tunnel far below the surface of the moon. Believing that Poco might have been spirited away by a race of small moon creatures, half man and half monkey, who apparently lived far underground, our friends set out to follow the course of the tunnel. Coming on what appeared to be a subterranean river, Jimmy hurried to slake his thirst, but losing his balance, fell into the black waters and disappeared. Superman searched desperately for his young friend, but although he was able to hear him calling, he was unable to see him, the lead particles in the hard-packed meteoric soil repelling his X-ray vision. Suddenly, Jimmy stopped calling. As we continue now on the bank of the river, Superman and Professor Twiddle see hundreds of yellow eyes gleaming in the darkness. Listen. Listen, I did. Say, say our eyes, Superman, bright yellow eyes. That's right, Professor. But... But bless my beard, no creature can have that many eyes. There must be hundreds of them. That's what there are. Hundreds of creatures. Are they... Are they the moon dwellers? No, no, they're scaly little monsters. Something like lizards. And they're coming this way. They are? Oh, how interesting. They are? Bless my ears. What's that terrible noise? It sounds like crickets. Well, it's not crickets. Those lizards, whatever they are... Champing their jaws and rippling their scales. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like it at all. I don't like it either. She stopped calling just before they appeared. Good heavens! I, I just remembered the, the reptilian order of Lacetilia to which all lizards belong are carnivorous, you know. Jim! Where are you? They are? Yes, of course. Everybody knows that. 
tonight they're going to eat us. Oh, dear me, what am I saying? What am I... Why am I standing now, here? Now, look, Professor. Why don't I run away? You don't have to. If only I could make my feet move, but I can't, what? you know. I really can't. Take it easy, Professor. They can't eat you. Oh, yes, they can. No, they Why, can't. Why, the Verindai, Comodiensis, the so-called dragon lizard, goes to ten feet in length. Those are only a foot long, and I tell you, they can't eat you. See for yourself. See? Well, how can I see? It's pitch dark. Well, bless my beard, I can see. Where's that strange light coming from? The iridescent scales on the lizard. Why, so it is. How amazing. Now you can see they have no teeth. No teeth? You say they have no teeth? No. Jim! Answer me! Jim! Why, they don't have teeth. And so they can't be lizards. Uh, or jackets. Lizards aren't irredentive either. But on the other hand... Look out, Professor! Something to me. Two of them almost got you with a tail. Did they now? Yes. Uh, thank you for saving me. Thank you very much. Oh, uh... Where are they going? Into the river. They can't go. Yes, they can. I haven't had time to study well, them. That's just too bad. You seem to have forgotten that Jim and Poco are missing. Now, come on. Come on? Where? To look for them, of course. I can't understand where Jim disappeared to. I heard his voice, but I couldn't see him. Well, I guess we'll just have to follow this tunnel. But I can't leave here yet. Why not? The Lacetilia. I mean, if they are Lacetilia lizards, you know, which I'm beginning to doubt. Well, that's Jim's voice. I presume they could be a species Quiet, of you? Jim! Where are you? Or perhaps even the stunted monster. Quiet, Professor. Can you hear me, Jim? I didn't say Jim. I said... Will you be quiet? Where are you? That's my beard. I'm right here. You don't have to shout. Keep calling until I locate your voice. My voice? Now look, Professor Twiddle. If you don't keep quiet, I'm going to have to gag you. But I... All right. Bless my beard. That sounds like the young man who came up to the moon with me. I've got an idea where you are, Jim. All right, I'm going to blast through the tunnel and try to find you. Get under my cape, Professor. But, but I'm not close. Coming. All right, Jim. Get under my cape, I said. Jim sounds like he's in trouble. I'm in trouble, too. I can't find my notebook, and I must find it. Look here. You go on about your business. I wish I'm... I could, but heaven knows what would happen to you if I left you alone for half a minute. All right, don't be frightened now. I'm going to crash through the tunnel. You'll be perfectly safe under my cape. Here we go through. Away! Oh, glad to see you. Glad to see you. Get me out of here. There, there are some kind of monsters all around. They won't hurt you. Oh, no? No. Nope. Well, look at their yellow eyes and, and their horned tails. I know. They, they give off a funny light. Why, bless you, young man. You found more of the Where are they, Lassitilia? Well, look out, Professor. Don't go near them. Don't worry, Jim. They're harmless. Harmless? Are you kidding? They look pretty frightening, but you're safe as long as you don't get in the way of their tails. That's what I did. What do you mean? Well, when I fell in the river before, the current swept me on top of a whole bunch of these, these things. They began piling out of the water in this cave with me on their back. That must be when I heard you call. And I called, all right. I was scared silly. I tried to run away, but there was no place to run. A couple of them hit me with their tails, and I banged into the wall of the cave and knocked myself out. You must have frightened them as much as they frightened you. Yeah. They hurried out of the cave to where Twiddle and I were. Are you sure they're harmless? Yes, indeed. They're sliding back into the river, see? Stop them, somebody. Stop them. I must observe them. I must take notes. Sorry, Professor. We haven't time for nature studies. Oh. We've got to find Poco. Cheapers. I was so excited, I almost forgot about poor Poco. Poco? I know a chap named Poco. Let me see. Uh, I say, I can't see anymore. Who turned the lights out? Your lizard friends did when they slid into the river. Oh, oh yeah, so they did. They're iridescent. I've never heard of an iridescent order of Lapitilia. Have you, young man? Huh? They're toothless, too. Uh, that means they can't be the order of Lacetilia. But what are they, then? They resemble the Trachosaurus rugosus, the oh. stump-tailed skunk, you know. But on the oh, other hand... Professor, will you please cut out the double talk before I go completely nuts? Uh, Superman, uh, Superman, 
Well, where are you? I'm right here, Jim. Oh, gosh, I thought something else happened. I'm trying to find the hole I made when I broke in here. But I can't. Well, you can't? Oh, it's been closed up. What? I suppose more meteoric dust sifted down and blocked the hole. I can't see through the stuff because of the lead in it, so I can't see the tunnel we were following. Well, well, gosh, we... Yeah, you see my notebook? I really must find my notebook. Oh, you and your notebook. Listen, Sue. But I must find it. I must make careful notes on these strange creatures we've just seen. It's my theory that they're a prehistoric species. Wrong extinct on Earth, just as the great one... Oh, will you stop with that stuff? We've got to get back to the tunnel and look for Polko. Well, Gleeps, I forgot. We're locked up in this cave. Don't worry, Jim. I can always blast away back up to the surface. Uh-oh. What now? The wall of the cave seems to give a bit. This might be where I came through. Where? Oh, don't come any closer, Jim. I'm going to smash a hole through here. Might be a small landslide. Oh, okay. Here goes. Wildly in the Stygian darkness of the cave, Jimmy Olsen and Professor Twiddle hear only the echo of their own voices answering them. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Breaking through a wall of the cave under the surface of the moon, Superman shouted that he was falling and unable to stop himself. As we continue now, Jimmy Olsen and the bearded little Professor Twiddle, having shouted themselves hoarse, have cautiously worked their way through the pitch blackness of the cave to the point from which the Man of Steel disappeared. It was just about here where he... Well, that's funny. Funny? I don't see anything funny about it, young man. I mean, this is where Superman was when he hollered that he was falling, but... But there's no hole here. There isn't? No, there's just the wall of the cave. Well, then where could he fall? I don't know. Solid wall here, too. And here. Oh, gosh. I know, Professor. You do? Well, speak up, young man. Speak up. Oh, he broke through the wall and it fell into something and, and... And what? Oh, the meteoric dust or soil or whatever it is... Came down and closed up the hole again. Why, bless my dear, that's exactly what must have happened. What are we going to do about it? Do? Did you say do? Yeah, why? Superman's gone and we're closed up in this cave. The only way out is the river and that's got a terribly strong current. It is also people with the prehistoric Lacetilia. If they are Lacetilia, I mean. Bless my beard. We are in a very precarious position, young man. We certainly are. We're cooked geese, that's what we are. Cooked geese. Trembling, Jimmy Olsen and Professor Twiddle stand helplessly in the black cave below the surface of the moon and see no way of salvation. What will happen to them? And what has happened to Poco and to Superman? Have the strange forces of the moon proven too much for even the man of steel? Tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, fellows and girls, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. 
Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice, who today encounters more strange experiences with Jimmy Olsen and Professor Twiddle on their way to the underground city of the Moon Dwellers. We'll return to the scene in just a moment. But first, a word from our friend, Dan McCullough. You know, gang, they say time flies. And nowadays, when you're busy rounding out your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet, seems like time flies with the speed of Superman. Why, almost before you know it, you're close to having all 18 buttons in the first series. It's mighty exciting and loads of fun. Exciting fun when Mom opens a new package of Pet to see which button is inside. Thrilling fun when you get a duplicate to shop around among your pals and see who has a duplicate to trade with you. Doggone wonderful fun wearing all your Pet comic buttons and on your jacket or dress or cap for everybody to see. And there'll be lots more fun, too, because something new and exciting is coming along soon. So get busy on your collection, gang. Why, these pep comic buttons are so easy to get, you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. All you have to do is to make sure Mom keeps stocked up with plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. There's an exclusive prize in every package. See how soon you can finish up your collection of comic buttons from P-E-P, Pep, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Convinced that Poco had been carried away by the moon dwellers, shaggy little creatures who appear to be half man and half monkey and live far under the surface of the moon, Superman, Jimmy Olsen, and Professor Twiddle followed a winding underground tunnel to a cave on a subterranean river. Unable to make use of his X-ray vision because the meteoric soil contained lead, Superman threw himself against the wall of the cave in an attempt to find a way out. Shouting that he was falling, the Man of Steel disappeared, leaving Jimmy and the Professor alone in the pitch-black cave with no way out except via the mysterious swift-flowing river in which lurked a strange species of yellow-eyed lizards. Listen. We're cooked geese, Professor. Superman's gone and we're stuck in this cave. We're cooked geese. Geese? Did you say geese? I said cooked ones. Or dead ducks, if you like that better. Oh, no, no, thank you. I much prefer geese. Or chicken. Oh. Although, come to think of it, I'll have fried chicken with mashed potatoes and gravy, you know, and peas. Oh, stop it. Huh? Oh, you're quite right. I think uh, wax beans would be better than peas. And hot buttered biscuits. Will you stop it? Are we in a bad enough fix without you reminding me how hungry I am? Hungry? Did you say you were hungry? Well, bless my stomach, so am I. Why don't we have dinner? Oh, sure. Why don't we? Call the waiter. Oh, yes. That's an excellent idea. Waiter? Waiter? I say, where is the waiter? Uh, he just stepped out. He did? Where? He... Oh, I can't joke anymore. I... I'm scared. What are we going to do, Professor? Do? Do about what? Well, about getting out of this cave, for one thing. The cave? Oh, yes, the cave. And finding Superman and Polko. Yes, yes, yes. Superman and Polko. And then getting back to Earth. Dear me, that too, that too. Bless my beard, how are we going to accomplish all those things, young man? I guess we're not going to accomplish any of them. We're not? You say not? Oh, don't say that. We must get back to work. We really must. I must report, uh, I'll publish a report of my amazing discoveries on the moon. Just think. We discovered that the other side of the moon has an atmosphere. An atmosphere. Think of that. Uh-huh. And think of the little moon dwellers and the great winged mammals that have been extinct on Earth for millions of years. I don't want to think about them. And the Lassiteria. I mean, if they are Lassiteria, the strange lizard-like creatures. I don't want to think about them either. I just want to... Oh, Here they come. Huh? Uh, what's that? The lizards or whatever they are. Well, what about them? Where? They're coming in here from the river again. Did you hear them and see their yellow eyes? Oh, golly. But, but yes. Yes, so they are. How wonderful. 
Oh. I'll have an opportunity to study them. Uh, where's my notebook? I must find my notebook. Have you seen my notebook, young man? Well, look out, Professor. Yes, sir, look out for what? The lizards, they'll hit you with their tails. Bless my beard, one almost did hit me. But, but this is a splendid opportunity to study them. Their luminescent scales give off quite a good light to know. Please help me find my notebook. Look out. Oh, another one almost got you. Uh, just my beard. Oh, come on. We scared him away before. Maybe we can scare him away again. Stamp your feet. I don't want to scare them away. You'd rather be not silly by their big horny tails, huh? <laughs> come on, stamp. Beat it, you... You... Or whatever you are. And straight. Back into the river with you. Go on. Go on. Young man. Young man. You're driving them away. Bet I am. Go on now. Back into the drink. <sighs> They're gone. Gladys, what have you done? Oh, probably saved our lives for the moment. But how am I to determine now what to call them in my book? What book? The one I shall write as soon as we return to the metropolis, of course. I shall call it, uh, let me see. What shall I call it? Oh, you take the cake, Professor. Cake? Who said anything about cake? Uh, oh, well, I shan't worry about the title now. I must decide, however, what to call a Lassitilia. Only I can't call them Lassitilia, even though they do resemble the Trachisaurus rugosus. As well as the Zonurus and Agamidae, oh, because they're luminescent. Stop with that double talk. The double what? The talk, the talk. You're driving me nuts. First it's cakes, and then it's nuts. Young man, are you quite sure you feel all right? Who, me? Oh, I feel fine. I feel great. Well, why shouldn't I? We're only lost in a cave on the moon, a quarter of a million miles from Earth, and nowhere's getting back there, and, and something's happened to Superman. Yeah, everything's wonderful. Just too wonderful. Well... Bless my beard, I quite forgot all that. And my docket being disabled. Huh? I mean, my rocket being disabled. We are stuck on the moon, aren't we? Well, we're stuck under the surface of the moon, if, in case you're interested. Yes, yes, of course. Well, what shall we do? You're asking me? Yes, certainly I'm asking you. You have a head on your shoulders, young man. You're resourceful. Why, when those great winged mammals attacked us in the rocket, it was you who thought to drive them off with a fire extinguisher. Now... All you have to do is devise some means of getting us out of this predicament. Oh, that's all I have to do, huh? That's all, that's all. Very simple. I shall attend to the rest of it. Uh, putting the story of our amazing experiences between book covers, I mean. Well, that's pretty nice of you, Professor. Oh, think nothing of it. I'll be glad to do it. Just get us out of this, uh... Did you call it before? Oh, yes, tickle. The only way out of this cave is the river. Yes, of course, the river. All we need is a boat. Oh, is that all? Yes, that's all. Uh, perhaps we could build one. I'm good at building things. I built a radar rocket, you know. That's something I'd like to forget. Anyhow, we can't build a boat. There's nothing to build one with. There's only meteoric dust in this cave. Uh, I don't quite see how we could build a boat out of dust. I was thinking we might try swimming the river and see where it took us. The current's awfully strong, and, and those big lizards are in the water. The lizards are quite harmless, young man. Uh, unless you'll get in the way of their tails, of course. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Well, maybe we try it anyhow, though. It's quite out of the question, young man. Well, why is it we're sunk if we stay here? We'll sink much more quickly in the river. I can't swim, you know. Oh, and that's out. Think of something else. I can't. I, I just... What's that? What's what? Well, didn't you hear that noise? Noise? Why, no, I... Well, there it is again. Bless my... I do hear it. What is it? I don't know, but I don't like it. Jeepers. It sounds like an earthquake. Earthquake? You mean a moonquake, young man. Huh? Well, yeah... Gosh, Professor, if there's an earthquake down here, I mean a moonquake. Bless my soul, we'll be... Why, we'll be... Well, we just won't be. You said it. What do we do? I was just about to ask you that. Oh, you're a great help. Holy smokes. What's that? Bless my beard, I have no idea. It sounds quite terrible, doesn't it? It, it sounds like curtains to me, Professor. <laughs> 
knees shaking, Jimmy Olsen and Professor Whittle stand in the dark cave and listen to the great thunder of sound about them. What is happening under the surface of the moon? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Trapped in a cave under the surface of the moon, Jimmy Olsen and Professor Twiddle heard sudden violent crashings and rumblings and a great swirling wind. Believing they were caught in an earthquake, or what the professor termed a moonquake, Jimmy gasped. I, I think this is curtain for us, Professor. That window, whatever it is, is coming closer. Oh, gosh, here it comes. Professor, I... Relax, Jim. Huh? What? Sorry if I scared you, but when I went back up to the surface of the moon... Wait, it's Superman. That's right. As I said, when I got back to the surface of the moon, I found the shaft leading down to the tunnel blocked up. I couldn't see the tunnel from the surface because of the lead in the meteoric dust. So I had to keep blasting down until I found the river and followed it to this cave. Oh, boy. I gotta sit down. Here, hang on to me. I'm okay now. We thought it was an earthquake. Well, listen, what happened to you before? When you broke out of the cave, you hollered you were falling. I did fall for miles. Miles? Yes, there's a deep pit on the other side of this cave. It seems to be bottomless. My hunch is that it penetrates to the poles of the moon because the gravitational pull was terrific. I had quite a time getting away from it. I finally blasted my way into a deep crater and got back to the moon's surface. Jeepers. But I located the tunnel again, and now we can go after Poco. Oh, gosh, yes, poor Poco. We've got to find him. Well, we're going to try. Now, you and Professor Twiddle get under my arms. We'll fly upriver to where the tunnel is and... Hey, wait. Where is the professor? Well, he's right here. No, he isn't. Well, sure he is. Professor, come here. We're going after Polka. I tell you, he's not here, Jim. But he must be. He was here just a minute ago. Well, he's not here now. Well, he's nowhere in this cave. Leaping lizards. Well, now what? First Poco, now Professor Twiddle, vanished into thin air. But how could the professor disappear from Jimmy's side so mysteriously? What strange forces are at work on the moon and under its surface? Forces which baffle even Superman. Don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode, fellows and girls, when we learn more of a curious city under the moon, where Superman is called upon to match every ounce of his great strength against the most amazing opponents of his career. So tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. 
Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice, who today finally finds the fantastic city of the moon dwellers deep under the surface of the moon where he and Jim Olsen encounter a new danger. We'll return to the scene in a moment. But first, let's find out what Dan McCullough's young pal Rusty is so excited about. Only one more, Dan. Just one more. Hey, calm down, Rusty. One more what? I only need one more comic button, like the ones we're all collecting from packages of Kellogg's Pets. Then I'll have all 18 in the series. Well, that's mighty swell. I didn't realize you were so close to rounding out your collection. Yep, only one more. I've got Winnie Winkle and Orphan Annie and Superman and all the others. All I need is Smokey Stover, and I ought to get that one next week. Say, Rusty, I just happened to think. Uh, you're not going to quit collecting, are you, when you get all 18 bucks? Gee whiz, no. Think I want to miss out on the fun? Well, I just wondered. I was I've got just... an idea what I'm going to do. Just as soon as I get that Smokey Stover button, I'm going to pick out my favorite of all of them, probably Superman, and concentrate on getting more of those buttons. I see. You'll just collect Superman buttons, trade for those with your pals. Sure. Well, it's a mighty smart idea, Rusty. Another way to have exciting fun with those pet comic buttons. And believe me, gang, that fun is going to keep right on for a long time. I'll tell you about it in a week or so when I bring you some big news. So get busy on your collection. There's only one way you can get these thrilling comic buttons, you know. You can't buy them anywhere, and you don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop. All you do is to make sure Mom keeps you supplied with plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Inside each package you open, there's a prize exclusively for you. Remember, P E P Pep, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> When Poco, the little man who speaks only in rhyme, disappeared from Professor Twiddle's radar rocket on the moon, Superman led the professor and Jim Olsen down a deep shaft to a dark, twisting tunnel far below the surface of the planet. It was Superman's belief that Poco had been spirited away by the moon dwellers, the strange, shaggy little creatures who appeared to be half man and half monkey, with long tails and peculiar corkscrew appendages instead of noses, and who lived somewhere in the mysterious depths of the moon. Returning after a brief absence to a cave on a subterranean river where he had left Jimmy and Professor Twiddle, Superman discovered that the Professor, too, had suddenly disappeared. As we continue now, in the pitch-black cave, Jimmy is dazed and puzzled. Well, he was here just a minute ago. I was talking to him. Are you sure he's gone? He's nowhere in this cave, Jim. Please, then where is he? Can't imagine. No way out of this cave. Except... Except what? The river. Leaping lizards, maybe he fell in. I don't think so. Well, he must have, and he can't swim. Come on, Superman, we've got to go after him. Well, I just flew along the river, Jim. I, I would have seen him if he was in the water. Oh, my gosh. Then, then... Then what? Those lizards got him when he fell in. Nonsense. The lizards are harmless except for their horned tails. Well, I... Matter of fact, I think they choked by the water. Well, then what did happen to him? He couldn't just evaporate. 
Or could he? Don't be silly. Of course not. I don't know. Some awful funny things have been happening around here. First the moon creatures and then those big birds. The ones Professor Twiddle said disappeared from the earth millions of years ago. Now, take it easy. You're letting yourself get panicky. Letting myself? I am. First Poco's missing and then the professor. Jim. I got a feeling I'm there. Nothing's going to happen to you. You hope. I know. Some perfectly natural explanation for Twiddle's disappearance, and we've got to find it, and him. I don't think we'll ever see him again, or Poco either. Yes, we will. Oh, why did I ever let them talk me into coming to the moon? Everything was fine and dandy, and... Uh-oh. What's this? What? Take a look at this. It's lying near the wall. I can't see anything in this darkness. I can't even see you. Oh, I forgot. Here, it's a tuft of hair. Two tufts, rather. Hair? You mean the professor? No, no, it's not human hair. It's coarse and shaggy. Getting any ideas, Jim? Ideas? Yes. Didn't you tell me the little moon dwellers had coarse, shaggy hair? Yeah, sure, but I... Hey, wait. You think they were in this cave? Yes. And I think they took Professor Twiddle away with them, just as they must have taken Poco. Oh, God. In fact, I'm sure of it. There are a couple of holes drilled through the bottom of the wall here. Look as if they've been made by big corkscrews. Let me feel it. Here. Got it? Yeah. That's the kind of hole they make, all right, with their corkscrew noses. Uh Uh-huh. They couldn't get Professor Twiddle out through a hole that size. Well, they must have drilled a larger hole through the wall and hauled him out, and then the meteoric dust sifted down again and blocked it up. I would have heard them, or him. No, not necessarily. You say the racket I made blasting down from the moon's surface sounded like an earthquake. Well, that probably covered it. Come on, we've got to go after them. Oh, after them where? Well, the tunnel must be right outside this wall where they drilled the holes. Stand back, Jim. I'll kick an opening through. There we are. And there's the tunnel. Hurry, Jim. I can't see anything. Hang on to my cape. Come on. All right. Careful now. Watch this turn. What turn? Black as the ace of spades down here. I'll steer you around it. To the right this time. All right. Tunnel winds like a snake. You're not kidding. Come on, come on, Jim. Step on it. They can't have much of a start on us. Okay, but I don't believe the moon dwellers have the professor or Poco either. They seem like such friendly little creatures, especially the Poco. Just the same. I'm sure they have them. Just hope we get there before it's too late. Get where? To their headquarters. They must have a settlement or a city down here somewhere. This tunnel didn't wind so much I could fly. Yes, if it weren't for the lead in the soil, I could see farther than my own nose. Well, if I hadn't listened to those two fruitcakes, Poco and Twiddle, I'd be in Metropolis now with my mother and Mr. Ken and Miss Lane and Mr. Uh-oh. White. You see anything? No, but I heard something. There it is again. Yes? Yeah. Well, what was it? Sounded like the roar of some large animal. Animal? Yes, I can't understand it. Large animals don't live underground, only small ones like like gophers and moles. That's on the earth. On the moon, anything Wait, can happen. There it is again. Golly, that sounds like a big animal. Let's get out of here. Want to leave Poco and Professor Twiddle? Oh, I forgot about them. What are we going to do? Find them, of course. Come on. Hey, wait. Wait for me. I thought you had all of my cape. I, I have now. Believe me, I'm not going to let go of it again. See that you don't. Gosh, no animals. Don't get excited. It might not have been an animal. It wasn't any canary for it. I can tell you that. Well, we'll find out what it was. That's what I'm afraid of. You don't have to be afraid, Jim. You're with me. Oh, hold it. Now what? I heard something. What? Something brushing against the walls of the tunnel. I think we're being followed. I think the animal we heard... No, was... no, no. That came from up ahead of us. At least I think it did. Hard to tell down here, though. So much echo. If only I could see through this stuff. I should have stood in bed. I don't want to take time to go back and check. But I don't want you trailing behind either. Here, I'll tell you what, Jim. I'll carry you. Run up in my arms with you. There we are. Now, this is easier than walking and bumping the wall. Make better time, too. Do you, do you still hear whatever it was behind it? I'm not sure, but stop worrying. Nothing's going to happen to you while I'm here. That's right. I, 
I can't see you, so I keep forgetting you're Superman. Now remember it and calm down. You're as jumpy as a grasshopper. Okay. I guess I'm dizzy from hunger. I smell bananas. No, you don't. Your smell comes sort of moss flower. It grows on the ceiling. Tunnel. What a place. Flowers grow on ceilings. You smell like bananas, though. I wonder if they taste like bananas. Well, we're not going to find out. They might be poisonous. Okay. Bad the professor isn't here. He could tell us. <laughs> he could also give us a Latin, Greek, and Russian names for them. Batty is a bedbug. But he's a nice little guy. Mm-hmm. And Poco. Gosh, I hope nothing happened to him. Do you think we'll ever find them? Well, keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> What's that? Someone or something screams. Yeah, but who or what? I think it was... Oh, Who's that animal again? Yes, and I think it's around the next bend in the tunnel. Okay, hang on tight, Jim. Here's where we find out what this is all about. Carrying Jimmy Olsen in his arms, Superman moves slowly through the narrow, dark tunnel. What will he find around the next bend? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Carrying Jimmy Olsen, Superman turned a bend in the dark tunnel under the surface of the moon, from where the roaring of some great beast seems to come. Now he stops, his eyes widening in amazement. Jim, look. What? Where? There to the left, at the end of the tunnel. See where it widens into a kind of square? Some light comes in from somewhere. Wait, those small red trees, they give off light. Jesus, who ever heard of trees giving off light? Well, I never did. Look, there's a deep moat on the other side of the square. A what? A moat, a deep water filled ditch. Beyond it is the moon dweller's city. See all those little huts between the small red trees? Yeah. They look like little Indian wigwams. They're made of hard-packed meteoric dust. Can't see into them, but I can see a few of the creatures sticking their heads out of the entrances. Can you see Poco or Professor Twiddle? No, I can't, Jim. I can't. I can't see whatever it was that made all that noise before, either. Well, here we go. Wait. Where are you going? Down to the city, of course, to look for Poco and Twiddle. You mean you're going to just walk in there? Of course. Now, just relax. Uh Uh-oh. What's the matter? Coming up from the moat. Look. Weeps. What are those big hairy things? The animals we heard roaring before. Two of them. Those aren't animals. They, they... I don't know what they are. Let's get out of here. Take it easy. Take it easy. They're, they're twice as big as lions, and they've got long necks and, and tusks. Look like prehistoric monsters. I mean, what they look like. Uh-oh, they see us. They're coming for us. Run, Superman, run! It's too late now, Jim. Hey, quick, get behind me. No, run! It's too late, I say. Golly, what do we do? I wonder what things will do. I'll have to take care of them. You can't look at them. They're too big. We'll find out if I can or not in a moment. All right, stand back, Jim. Here they come. Shielding terrified Jimmy Olsen, Superman braces himself to meet the furious charge of the two strange mammoth beasts, shaggy with long necks and wedge-shaped reptilian heads, from which curling, razor-sharp tusks protrude. Fierce creatures from another world, the moon world, bent now on destroying Superman. Will they conquer, or will he? Tomorrow's episode is packed with thrills and surprises, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publications. 
Marlosses. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice, who today wages a battle to the death with a pair of savage prehistoric monsters. We'll join him in a moment. But first, Dan McCullough with some important news. Hey, talk about big moments, gang. Think how thrilled you're going to be one of these days when you've completed your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pets. Boy, you'll really feel like starting around when you have all 18 buttons pinned on your jacket or dress or cap for everybody to see. And that won't be the end of your fun either. No, sir, there'll be lots more when I bring you some mighty exciting news. You see, these pet comic buttons have made a real hit with fellows and girls in the gang, and no wonder why just that Superman button itself was an exciting prize. He looks so powerful in his bright blue jersey and brilliant red cape, and his smiling jack and Winnie Winkle, 18 different buttons in all, each one a real eye-catcher. You want to be on that fun, too, when your friends are exchanging duplicates. So, hop to it, gang. Better remind Mom to get you some more of that super delicious Hobie Flake cereal, Kellogg's Pets. Because that's the only way you can get these exclusive prizes. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere, but there's a snappy-looking comic button, a prize for you in every package of P.E.P. Pep, the sunshine cereal, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When first Poco and then Professor Twiddle disappeared on the moon, Superman was convinced they had been spirited away by the moon dwellers. Curious little creatures who appeared to be half human and half monkey. Accompanied by Jimmy Olsen, Superman followed a dark winding tunnel far beneath the moon's surface and eventually reached the underground city of the moon dwellers, an amazingly dwarfed red trees which gave off curious light, beneath which were little wigwam-like huts made of hard-packed meteoric dust. A deep water-filled moat or ditch surrounded the city, and as Superman and Jimmy approached it, two huge shaggy creatures resembling prehistoric monsters loomed up before them. They were fully ten feet tall, with long necks and snake-like heads, from which curling razor-sharp tusks protruded. Sighting our friends, the monsters roared and charged. That we continue now, Superman stands in front of the terrified Jimmy, battling the ferocious creatures of another world. Listen. All right. Go first, big boy. This haymaker ought to slow you down. Oh, look at that. 
give up my horns like this. Stop! Danny, stop! Up with him, and now to smack him. Now! I'll hold him a while. Well, I take care of this chap. Look out, Superman. All right, you overgrown cow. Let's see if a bit of choking will take you down. Look out, he's going to claw you. Let him claw. Now. Dead ducks, but Superman gave these two months for her business. Business? Don't talk to me about business not now. Trinity Cleaners for your satisfaction. 941-4322. Begin 90. Magnificent. Are you kidding? Never mind them now, Professor. Tell me, is Poco here? What about Poco? Is he in the Moon Dweller City? Oh, Poco. Will you just look at them? They have the bodies and tusks of the prehistoric mastodon. Professor. But their long necks belong definitely to the titanotherium and their reptilian heads to the tyrannosaurus. Here we go again. Professor, listen to me. Is Poco here? Poco? Oh, you mean his majesty. No, we don't. We mean Poco. I know, I know, but I'm much too busy to discuss his majesty now. Now, look. He's lost his mind. I must man. make careful notes of these amazing prehistoric creatures. I simply must. Professor. This is the most amazing zoological discovery in hundreds of years. Think of it. Not one creature, but... Professor! And I have discovered them. I, Timothy Twiddle. A-B-M-A-P-H-D-F-R-I-D. Oh, I give up. Well, there's only one way to handle it. Up over my head with you, Professor. He's got my beard. What am I doing up here? Set me down. Set me down at once, I say. I must find... Not until you answer my question. Is Coco in the Moon Dweller City? Of course he is. He is? Where in the city? I can't see through the meteoric dust. Well, you should have said that before. King Coco. King Coco? Yes, of course. Coco's a king now, you know. But between you and me, he's letting it go to his head. I told you he was off his nerve. Now, if you just let me come and help me look for my notebook. Never mind the notebook. Under this arm with you. Yes. You get under this arm, Jim. Okay. Set me down. Set me down, I say. I must examine these amazing creatures. I want you to show me where Coco is. Up and over that moat. Away! We're flying! Let's fly in! Ah, there's Poco! Down to that hut! Down! Oh, I'll be a sardine. Look at Poco with a crown of leaves and flowers on his head. Yeah, he seems to have come up in the world. Up? You mean down? We're under the surface of the moon, you know. Oh, James, my friend, and Superman. Welcome to King Poco's plane. Oh, gosh, what happened to you, Poco? We've been looking all over for you. And what's that crown on your head? I told you, I told you, this fat little fool considers himself a king. And I am a king. As of yesterday, I became monarch of all I survey. Huh? What do you mean, Poco? Oh, my little friends thought I was pretty and made me king of the underground city. Oh, what friends? The moon brothers, of course, plus my beard. Who else? Oh, you mean they didn't kidnap you out of the rocket? Why, yes, of course. But can't you see? They did it to make me royalty. Out of a clear blue sky, it burst. Look at me. 
King Poco? The very fine King Poco. Wait till Mr. White hears this. I suppose they brought Professor Twitter down here to make him your Lord Chamberlain, eh? Tish, Tush, I'm much too busy to hold up. He's brought him to me for company. And it's given me a wonderful opportunity to study the little creatures. They're really very intelligent, you know. I've even begun to understand them. Wait, you mean you can understand their chuck-chuck talk? Well, some of it, and their pantomime. It's very primitive, of course. If only I could find my notebook. Hasn't anyone seen that? Where are your uh, subjects, Poco? They're all around, under the ground. Oh, don't they live in these little huts? I guess, but when the monsters thunder, they all get scared and burrow under. Oh, are there any more of them around here, Professor? Uh, no, no, young man. Oh, boy, that's a relief. These two, who lived on the other side of the moat, were all that remained of the species. And wasn't it clever of the moon dwellers to build their city here? They were protected from the creatures by the moat, you see, and the creatures protected them from any enemies who might have passed through the tunnel. But how could the moon dwellers get into their city? There's another secret tunnel that branches off from the main one and comes into the city on this side of the moat. Oh. We talked enough. Now, please have seats. My subjects will bring out the eats. Eats? Did you say eats, Poco? Oh, watch this, Jim and Superman. Beat this for service if you can. Hey. Hey, what's that noise? The moon is boring up from under the surface. See that long corkscrew noses? Oh, yeah. But where's the food? A patient, Jim. In a moment or two. Now, here they are with food and birds. Hey, he's right. Jim, the little moon dwellers are bringing in the bacon. Bacon? Oh, no. They have no meat down here. The flowers are very good. Flowers? Yes, and small nuts and berries. Well, you mean we're supposed to eat flowers? Well, you wanted to in the tunnel, Jim, remember? Well, yeah, I but... I don't, Jim. They name the pastry. But upon my right, they're very tasty. Hey. Go ahead, Jim. They taste something like bananas. Oh, all right. I'm so hungry I could eat any. <laughs> hey. Well, I'm good. Are they? Well, let me add them. <laughs> uh, the moon dwellers seem pleased. You like their food. Hey, they're mighty cute little chap. They saved my life. Oh, you like that, too. It comes out of a tree. And it tastes something like milk and well, something like tea. No kidding. Well, try it. What's that? Uh, the other moon brother just came out of a secret tunnel. I'm excited. Look, all the others are running to meet them. Yes. The two who just came in have bad news. I wonder what happened. Look, they're all gathering around Poco. Yes. Trying to tell him something. Let's try this. Clamoring in great excitement, the moon creatures gather around Foco like chicks around a mother hen. What has happened? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. There is great excitement in the moon dweller's city beneath the surface of the moon. Dozens of the curious little creatures are gathered around Foco and Professor Twiddle, chattering fearfully as Superman and Jimmy Olsen look on. Now, the bearded professor who said he could understand the moon dwellers leaves their circle and approaches Superman and Jimmy. Well, Professor, did you find out what's wrong? Yes, Superman, yes. Bless my beard. This is terrible, simply terrible. What is? We're lost. We're all lost. You hear me? We're lost. What do you mean? What's happened? The ants. The what? The ants. They're coming. Ants? What are you talking about? The great red ants. Millions and millions of them. They're on their way here through the tunnel. Uh-oh. Oh, what's that to get excited about? What's that? What's that, you ask? My dear young man, nothing live in the path of those ants. Nothing. Absolutely Nothing. Millions of great red ants on their way to the underground city of the moon. No wonder even Superman fails. Fellows and girls, Monday's episode is one of the most exciting you've ever heard. So don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, and thrill to the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. To leap tall buildings at a single bound. In the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. 
fellas and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to hit small buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and ability far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order, champion of equal rights, valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice, who today continues his perilous adventure in the strange city of the moon dwellers under the surface of the moon. We'll return to the scene in a moment. But first, a word from our good friend, Dan McCullough. Hey, gang, have you taken stock lately of your collection of comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep? Have you counted up to see how near you are to collecting all 18 buttons of the series? Because I'm going to have some exciting news for you next week. I know most of you fellow girls have probably collected all of these pet comic buttons. And you're mighty proud of your collection. For good reason, too. Why, these pictures of your favorite funny paper characters are done up in full comic colors on gleaming white enameled metal buttons that you'll have for a long time. And do they look snappy when you pin them on your jacket or your dress or cap. It's really exciting fun collecting these pet comic buttons and swapping duplicates with your friends and comparing notes on how many everybody's collected. You won't want to miss out on a single one. And you don't have to either because these comic buttons are easy to get. You don't send in a single penny, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to make sure Mom gets you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Then look for your exclusive prize inside each package you open. Remember, that P-E-P, Pet. The Sunshine Cereal, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Searching for Poco and Professor Twiddle, who had mysteriously disappeared in a tunnel beneath the surface of the moon, Superman and Jimmy Olsen arrived at an underground city where dwarfed red trees gave off a strange, eerie light. There, in small wigwam-shaped huts made of meteoric dust, lived the moon dwellers. Shaggy, friendly little creatures with long tails and corkscrew noses who appeared to be half-man and half-monkey. As Superman expected, Poco and the Professor had been brought to the underground city by the curious little creatures who had chosen the roly-poly rhymester as their king. While Jimmy was eating his best food in days, two of the moon dwellers arrived with news which threw the underground community into a frenzy of fear. As we continue now, the moon dwellers are chattering excitedly around Poco. Professor Twiddle, who is seemingly able to understand their peculiar jargon and pantomime, leaves the circle and hurriedly approaches Superman and Jimmy. Listen. Superman! Jim! Yes, my dear, this is terrible! Terrible! What Why? is, Professor? What's the terrible? We're lost! We're all lost! You hear me? We're lost! What do you... What happened? The ant, the wasp. Is there something wrong with your ears, young man? I said the ant. The former holy charter of the order of Hymenoptera. Oh, I thought you said ant. That's exactly what I did say. Oh, we're lost, we're lost. Wait a minute, Professor. No use, we're lost. I tell you, we're lost. Will you please tell us what you're talking about? Plus, my dear, how many times must I tell you? The ants. The great primitive red ants. Millions and millions of them. What about them? They're on the way here, through the tunnel. Uh-oh. Oh, what's all the excitement about? Who's afraid of a lot of ants? My dear young man, nothing can live in the path of those ants. Absolutely nothing. Are you kidding? No, I certainly am not kidding. I said nothing can live in the path of those primitive ants. 
sir. Worse than a hundred of the prehistoric monsters Superman just destroyed. And they'll be here in a few minutes from now. Wait a I'm minute. I'm afraid I... we don't have time to wait, Jim, if what Professor Twiddle says is true. Of course it's true. The two moon dwellers who just arrived saw them approaching. They extend for miles through all the tunnels leading to the city. Now, wait a minute, Professor. Oh, what tunnels? I thought there was just one. The main one across the moat there and another secret entrance. Let me know. There are dozens of tunnels around the trees. And they're all swarming with armies of great primitive ants. I suppose the ant armies are mechanized and have a big air force. Mechanized? Air force? Oh, don't be ridiculous. You mean they have to walk? This is no laughing matter, Jim. Ants, especially the Formicoidea of the Order of Hymenoptera, are the most highly developed of all the insects. They have wonderfully organized armies. Are you kidding? You'll see for yourself. Now, look, Professor, are you sure they're the great red ant? I'm positive. They're a primitive type. The moon dwellers killed one and brought it back. Uh, I have it right here. Here. Here you are. See for yourself. What? Go eat. I never saw an ant that big. Why, it's as long as your thumb. Look at its big feelers. Mandibles, young man. And they're as sharp as razors. The pain of their sting is almost unbearable. And many of them secrete a venom which paralyzes its victim. Even lizards. This is the great red ant, all right. I've seen them in South America, and I've seen what they can do. What do you mean? I've seen huge ranches, Jim, and plantations after an army of ants fetches these swept over. Not a blade of grass was left, or any other living thing. Huh? They devour crops, cattle, men, everything. Because they come with hundreds of millions, well, you can wipe out a million of them, and there are still millions left to do their dirty work. Then, then, well, golly, we've got to do something. If they get into this city, we'll all be cooked geese. Cooked geese would be a better term, young man. Bless my beard, they can make a clean skeleton of a full-grown elephant before you can say Jack Robinson. Jeepers, did you hear that, Superman? I heard it. Well, then why don't you do something? Gee, where's Yes, do something. Bless my beard, do something. Relax, both of you. Oh, here comes Poco. Maybe he has something to tell us. Oh, relax, he says. My dear, they'll be here any minute. Millions and millions and millions and... Oh, woe is me. Such misery. When the ants arrive, we'll be eaten alive. Take it easy, Poco. Just tell yourself nothing's going to happen. Oh, how can I tell myself such lies when my stomach is full of butterflies? It's true. For the time being, we're all protected. How? Yes, how? Plus, my dear, even you can't kill millions and millions of ants when they're coming from all different directions. I know, but I still say that for the time being, we're... Hey, the moon dwellers are going back to you. Yeah. Like, they're falling underground. Uh-oh, the first ant armies are arriving. Oh, me, oh, my. I wish I could fly. They're coming out of the main tunnel. Now to the secret entrance, see them? See how they're grouped like an army? Let's my dear guests leap and lizards look at them. They're coming fast. Oh, do something, Superman. Yes, do something. No, hurry, worry, scurry, scurry. Don't be frightened. They can't get into the city. Why not? Because the moat, the water-filled ditch, surrounds the city on all sides. Ants can't swim. They can't. No. Isn't that right, Professor? No. Uh, yeah. uh, no, but my beard, of course they can't. Yeah, but they can float across the moat. They can't float either. Oh, boy, what a relief. All the little moon guys bought into the ground, Poco. Call them back. Yes. Have to call them back. We'll have a feast. I'd beg a cake if I had some yeast. Wait a minute. Let's not celebrate yet. Well, why not? The ants stopped on the other side of the moat. Pretty soon they'll see it's no soap and go away. I'm not so sure about that. Ants are very stubborn and very intelligent. Yeah, you are quite right, Superman. And... And bless my beard, I just thought of something. What, Professor? I've heard of red ants crossing water barriers by sacrificing millions of their numbers in order to provide bridges. That's true, What do you mean, Professor? Just what I say, young man. This species of villainous ant has been known to drown by the millions so that the others can cross the water barrier over their body. Jeepers. Oh, woe is me. More misery. Now, that moat is only about 12 feet wide and not too deep. A few million drowned ants to make a bridge the others could cross to reach the city. We've got to stop them. Sure, but how? Yes, that's my dear how? No hurry, worry, scurry, scurry. I don't think the ants stall at the edge of the moat will sacrifice themselves until the other millions behind them come up and are ready to cross over. Oh, gosh, you talk as if they had brains. Well, I told you, Jim, they're highly developed. I'm going into the tunnels and stamp out as many as I can. 
before they reach the ditch. Wait, that's quite impossible. They, they, they'll swarm over you and, and well, bless you in a few minutes. There won't be anything left. You'll be a skeleton. You forget my skin is impenetrable, Professor. Listen, now, you three patrol the moat all around the city. I'll be back just as soon as I can. Up and over! What? Dear me! Superman disappeared. Where is he? Where is he? He's I going to the main tunnel across the moat. Come on now, Professor. You two go. He told us to patrol the moat. Yes, yes, of course. Patrol the ditch. Yes, indeed. Oh, gosh, look over there. Where that little tunnel is. There's another army of ants. Just my beard, I told you so. They're in all the tunnels. Millions and millions of them. Millions and millions oh, and millions. You said that before, Professor. Please stop it. Stop what? Stop with it. There's another tunnel. And another army of them coming out of the moat. And all over there. And there and there. Oh, Jim, Professor, they're everywhere. You said millions. There are billions. Oh, how true, how true. What will we, we do? We just got to hope that Superman can stamp them all out in the tunnels. So they can reinforce the ones around the moat. That's our only chance. Hey. Hey, what's that funny noise? Yes, what is that funny noise? Bless my beard. It isn't funny at all. Quite the contrary. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. What is it, Professor? Yes. The formicoidea of Hymenoptera. Don't you see them? In the little red trees across the mountain. Yeah, they are climbing the trees. Oh, so what? The trees are on the other side of the moat. But I'm fine for all I care. But, but don't you see what they're doing? What? They're picking leaves. They're biting off the stems and letting the leaves flutter to the ground. Well, what do I care? Yes, my dear, you should care. You certainly should. Why? Because they've outsmarted us. That's why. We haven't a chance now. Not a chance. Puzzled and alarmed, Jimmy Olsen and Coco wait for the excited Professor Twiddle to explain. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. As millions of savage red ants massed at the edges of the water-filled moat surrounding the Moon-Dweller's city, and Superman was battling millions more inside the tunnels leading to the city, Professor Twiddle observed armies of the murderous little insects in the dwarf trees across the moat. Alarmed, he told Jimmy Olsen and Coco... Yes, my dear, this means the end of us. What do you mean, the end, my friend? It's because the ants are eating the leaves of the trees. I told you they are not eating the leaves, young man. They're gnawing through the stalks of the leaves. The leaves themselves are being preserved. Don't you see them fluttering to the ground? Yeah, it looks like a snowstorm. I mean, a leaf storm. But what of it? What of it, the ants? Are you blind? Can't you see what the other ants are doing with the leaves that are falling to the trees? Oh, they drag them away. The game they play. The game? You call it a game? Why, wait a minute. They're dragging the leaves to the moat. Of course they are. Pushing them into the water. Exactly. They're going to use the leaves as boats and ferry themselves across the moat to our city. Oh, well, oh, no. See? Some of them are already climbing aboard. Leaps. They'll be over in no time. And Superman isn't here to help us. What do we do, Professor? What do we do? Rooted to the spot, Jimmy Olsen stares in frightened fascination as the amazingly clever red ants drop leaf after leaf into the moat, scurry down the steep bank, and climb aboard. What can be done to stop them? Tomorrow's episode has a thrill on it, gang, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. 
able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, defender of law and order. Champion of equal rights. Valiant, courageous fighter against the forces of hate and prejudice. Who today holds Jim and Professor Twiddle out of one predicament only to land them in an equally serious one. We'll return to the scene in a moment. But first, let's lend an ear to our good friend, Dan McCullough. Nowadays, gang, the theme is hurry, hurry, hurry. See if you can be the first in your crowd to collect all 18 of these exciting comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep. Get your collection complete before I bring you some exciting news next week. Think how proud you'd feel with all those bright-colored, gleaming buttons pinned on your jacket or dress or cap. And you'd be the first to have them all. So if you have a duplicate or two that you haven't traded yet, better hop to it. Shop around and see which one of your pals has a pet comic button that you need to swap. And you'll want to be on hand, too, for that exciting moment when Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pet to see which button is inside. Maybe Winnie Winkle or a Smiling Jack looking so powerful and handsome in his bright blue jersey and flying red cape. Yes, sir, every single one of these pet comic buttons is a real eye-catcher. You won't want to miss out on any of them. What's more, you don't have to because they're easy as anything to get. You don't have to send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. They come only as prizes in packages of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pet. Tell Mom you'll eat lots of P-E-P Pet, the sunshine cereal made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. <laughs> In the underground city of the curious little moon dwellers, where Superman and Jimmy Olsen found Coco and Professor Twiddle, a new and terrible threat menaces our friends. Countless millions of primitive red ants, savage creatures who devour everything in their path, have attacked the city. For a brief time, they were stopped by the moat, a water-filled ditch surrounding the city, while Superman streaked into the underground tunnels to battle the great hordes of approaching reinforcements. But the amazingly ingenious ants soon found another way to attain their objective. Swarming into the dwarfed red trees beyond the moat, they began to cut down leaves, which other ants transported to the moat. Then clouds of the creatures, each as long as a man's thumb, and armed with long, razor-sharp jaws, climbed aboard the leaves and began to ferry themselves across the moat. As we continue now, Jimmy, Poco, and the professor fearfully watched their approach. Listen. They'll be over here in a minute, and Superman is in the tunnel. What do we do, Professor? What do we do? Oh, well, it's me. Such misery. What can we do, young man? I say, what can we do? We've got to do something, Professor. You said ants eat everything. Yes, indeed. Everything. Bless my beard. These great primitive red ants can reduce a full-grown elephant to a skeleton before you can say Jack Robert. Well, just don't stand there and tell me about it. Do something. For Pete's sake, do something. Yes, let me see. So what do you suggest I do, young man? I don't know, but wait. I've got an idea. You have? Come on, both of you. Get busy. That's my dear. Why are you digging up the ground? Don't ask questions. Help me, will you? Hurry up. Dig with me. Why? What for? He's trying to burrow under the ground like the moon dwellers do so he won't be found. No, I... that's impossible. He has the corkscrew drilling a package for his nose. And anyway, the end... you two stop talking and get to work? Dig up pieces of dirt, stones, anything. Hurry, will you? But what for, Pedro? What for? Well, can't you see? We can throw them at the leaves. The ants are coming over on and sink them. Watch. I'll show you. Oh, a couple of them are almost over on this side. Here goes. That takes care of one raft. Now the other. Look, my dear, it's that two of the leaves and the creatures are gone. Here comes another one. Oh. Uh, hurrah, hurrah. You saved the day. Oh, this is saved yet. I'm out of ammunition. 
hurry up. Get the earth and stone. Start digging. Oh, Harry, 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 Harry. You two keep digging. I'll try to hold them up. Get ready to land, huh? This will stop you. Quiet, guys, huh? See how you like this. And this. Come on, Poco. Professor, your ammunition. Oh, dear. Here, here. Hey, boy, Poco, just in time. Hey, on. Get two more. Look back. Look, three of you. Where? Over there. Oh, oh I see him. Bombs away. There. Look, my kids, you take them off. Yeah, but there are others coming over. Quick, give me whatever you've done, Professor. Oh, oh yes, yes, here. Now dig some more. Here goes. Hey, him, him. Get some more just about to reach the door. Okay, I'll get him, Poco. Let him shoot under the drain, huh? Wonderful, young man. Wonderful. Here, there's more than a minute. Hold it. I don't see any more leaves coming over. We've won, we've won. They're finished and done. Oh, don't kid yourself, Poco. Those ants haven't given up yet. Look across the moat. Look, my men. They're preparing to launch more leaves. Oh, woe is me. More misery. Come on. We can get busy and have lots of ammunition ready for them. Hurry, 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 hurry. Try to get big pieces of earth like this. You mean pieces of moon, young man? Okay, moon. Oh, gosh, I wish Superman would get back. Those ants are too smart. Yes, yeah, indeed. The wonderful idiot. I'm not sure. It's amazing. You know, young men in their communities are rat farms and cows and soldiers. And I'll save the lecture for some other time, Professor. Here come the ants again. Oh, oh, heavens. This time there are plenty of them. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty of them. Holy smokes. There are too many for me to handle them. Hey, you two will have to do some pitching, too. Come on. Pitch? Pitch? I, I just don't know if I can come, then. As I remember, when I was a boy, I was a second baseman. Well, you're a pitcher now, Professor. You better be good or it'll be too bad. That sentence doesn't make any sense, young man. Here they come. Oh, quick, Professor. You stand a few yards down the bank. Yes. Yes. You stand over there, Poco. I hope to be Jim without you, Jim. Thanks, Poco. Okay. They're close enough now. Let them have it, men. Good work, Professor. Keep firing. Think. Drown. Die, you sinners. You will get out to be your dinner. Hello, boy, Poco. I'm going to sign you up for the Dodgers. Give it to him. I'll take another one. Keep pitching, Professor. Jim O'Pal. You're going great. Each time the soldiers think about it. Oh, we're holding them off. Keep firing. Don't stop. No, no don't stop. What do you come to show them? Oh, position. There's no ammunition. Dig some more, Poco. Hurry. Look, I've run out of ammunition, too. And the answer positively swarming toward my sector. But they're swarming in here, too. Oh, bless my soul. Dig. Dig, dig. It's no use. The leaves are coming over by the hundreds now. What do you do? I'm afraid we can't do anything, Professor. I'm afraid we're lit. Finished. Washed up. Dismayed, Jimmy Olsen, Poco, and Professor Twiddle look on helplessly as hundreds of the small leaf rats, crowded with the savage red ants, move swiftly across the moat. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. After fighting off swarms of leaf rats carrying clusters of savage red ants across the water-filled moat, Jimmy Olsen, Poco, and Professor Twiddle realized the ingenious creatures had again outwitted them by launching hundreds of the rafts along the entire length of the moat. Well, the three of us can't possibly defend this whole side of the moat. We're done for. Oh, no, no, say not, sir. I'm afraid Jimmy's right, Poco. In a moment, the creatures will be swarming ashore. 
Look, my beard. What's that? Oh, a flying creature in red and blue. Oh, change my thing. Can it be true? Well, you bet it's true. It's Superman. He got here just in time. Look at him way through the moat. He's sinking all around. Look, I go in. Oh, Fridges, say, oh, fabulous night. This is the moment of the light. Well, you said it, Coco. Oh, boy, oh, boy, we're saved. We're saved. <laughs> you didn't get here a minute too soon, Superman. Thank you, sir. Just a moment, just a moment. We're not out of the woods yet. Oh, sure we are. You sank all of the leaves. Couldn't they send any more over? Well, this, my dear, you'll think them... I'm afraid not. Huh? Well, what do you mean? Just this, Jim. This underground city is several miles in circumference. The moat extends all around it. Oh, sure, I know. The ants are massed for the millions all around the moat. And they're preparing to launch those leaves from everywhere. Everywhere? Yes, from everywhere, Professor. From every inch of the miles around this moat. And I can't possibly be everywhere at once. Some of the leaves are bound to get across. And you know what that means. I certainly do. Bless my beard. We haven't time to bless your beard now. There's only one thing to do. What? We've got to get you all up to the surface of the moon. Where are all the moon dwellers, Coco? All around, hiding in the ground. Get them out. Jim, Professor, get under my cape. Huh? I'm going to blast away up to the surface. Then I'll be back for Coco and the moon dwellers. Hurry now, under my cape. Okay. Come on, Professor. Bless my beard. Don't stop to ask questions. Coco, get those moon dwellers up. Up with you. Up with you. Out of the ground. Up with you, all of you. Gather around. Come on, Jim. Professor, here we go. Up. There, we're on the surface. It's dark. Yes, night must have fallen. It's... And gosh, it's, it's cold. Yes. I, I, I can't stand it. I have a because of the ants. What can I do? Great Scott, what can I do? Trapped by the unbearable cold on the bleak surface of the moon and by the murderous red ants below, Superman is stymied. How can he save Jim, Poco, and the professor? Seconds count, and the man of steel's mind races furiously, seeking a solution. There are thrills and more thrills tomorrow, fellows and girls. So be sure to listen. Tune in. Same time, same station, for the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's plane. It's Superman. Fellow girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC publication. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes join us again same bat time same bat station for another presentation of silver age heroes radio theater excelsior